Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with John McGarry, the man behind the social selling summit. How are you doing, John? Not so bad. How's yourself this morning, Ronan? Great, thanks, John. Tell me a bit about your background. Well, I've been working in, um, you know, it's a husband and wife team. We've had a company called Webworks. We've been on the go now for, must be 20 years. It's a kind of a web design um, agency, and we do a lot of search engine optimization and a lot of LinkedIn work. So that's been going for about 20 years. Like, that's kind of set that up. We're based here in um, Mollin, kind of in Clonus, so, so rural Ireland with a capital R. Yeah. Um, as I said, it started 20 years ago, and I, I used to work for Apple. I worked in Holland for seven years, worked in London for seven years. And when I came home, as I said, nearly 20 years ago, you know, I didn't really want to work in Dublin. And so that's how Webworks were formed. It kind of allowed me to create a company here in the middle of Bonin or in the middle of Clonus and kind of do my thing. So, yeah, we've been going for about 20 years, focusing very strongly now on, as I said, LinkedIn marketing, Facebook marketing, search engine optimization and, um, you know, website design. Yes, tell me a bit more about how people with LinkedIn well, LinkedIn, I said, is something we've been doing now for a couple of years. And LinkedIn is, uh, you know, it's a great platform. It's a social media platform for business. And it was, like I said, it was something that a lot of people kind of ignored for a long time. People would, would create a LinkedIn account. They kind of create a profile that really read like a CV and they kind of left it at that. So a couple of years ago, I was actually, it was a kind of a funny story. I was doing some work in uh, Facebook and for a client and it went very well. And then I was looking for more clients like that. Yeah. And I was using Facebook to find them. And then it kind of, and it wasn't really succeeding because I was looking for people with very specific job titles. And like at the time, I did a lot of Facebook work. And so I suppose when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I was trying to build, find more clients using Facebook. And it was just the wrong platform. After a couple of months, it wasn't working. I had to look elsewhere. And then when I sat down and thought about it, you know, LinkedIn was the obvious place to go because I could search you know, if you go into Sales Navigator and LinkedIn, you know, the premium version of it, there's a sales tool there, a search Sales yeah. Navigator. And it really is, you know, the hidden gem of LinkedIn. It's like the most fantastic B2B search engine available. And now, yeah, you can get a free month's trial of Sales Navigator, and I'd certainly recommend anybody to go there. Like, if you can define your target audience, you know, the people you want to connect with, by their job title, their company size, company sector. Yeah. You know, this is the place to be. So at the time, I needed the fact I needed that, and I went to after two or three months of no joy on, on Facebook, to, flicked over to LinkedIn, and within ten minutes, I was connecting with exactly the right people. And that's then really that's where the penny dropped would be how powerful LinkedIn was, particularly in the B two B space. And so I start developing services for people in LinkedIn. And but but what I do for people in LinkedIn, you know, is you know, based around that sort of kind of connecting with the right people. And then, but once you kind of connection, it's really what you do for anybody on LinkedIn or Facebook. You know, it's really then about building relationships with people, you know, trying to bring value to people so that you really position yourself as, you know, the go-to individual in your sector. So when the people you're connected to, when they need, you know, what you're selling, you know, they're going, well, who am I going to go to? You know, hopefully at this stage, you know, if you've done the work right in LinkedIn, you know, they already know you, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of aware of your expertise. You've built a certain amount of credibility with them. So hopefully they'll go directly to you or include you maybe in a, in a request for a tender or whatever. Instead of, you know, just going out to the market and talking to strangers, they'll talk to people they know. So really a lot of the work I do around LinkedIn is positioning people 
with their potential audience. You know, bring it. You know, making sure that they that their potential audience are, are aware of them, that they have a very positive view of them, and kind of getting people into the pole position. So when there's business to be done, you know, the clients that do that work in LinkedIn will be in the best position to get that. So yeah. really, it's a, it's a position in play, really, in many ways on LinkedIn. You know, building relationships, getting to people early, not necessarily waiting for them to be in kind of buying mode, if you know what I mean, getting yeah. to them before they're even doing that, and, and building that relationship. Yeah, I find LinkedIn to me is a great tool. In the past some, six or so years, most clients I've gotten is from LinkedIn because they've seen me on there, and it's a great tool yeah, to, yeah. to use. Well, it's, it's a hugely powerful pl- platform, and... It's like it's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Um, you know, like Microsoft bought it over there for a while and now they bought it over. So they've now, you know, kind of doing their thing with it. Like they made some changes, some good and bad. Um, but it's, you know, people just don't get how powerful a platform it is. And people don't, because the sales navigator is not available in the, pre-ver- in, in the free version. Yeah. But certainly, you know, if people take up anything, if you're in B2B, and if people take up anything on this call who's, who is listed, you know, get the free months trial, look at Sales Navigator, and start, you know, start playing with the search uh, facility it has there. Yeah. You'll be amazed. You know, it really is a gem. And it's free. Well, you know, well, it's not free in the sense, you think about 60 or 70 euros a month, but there's a free months trial. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I would do um, regularly LinkedIn webinars you know, where I kind of bring people through social selling using LinkedIn. And that's always the part of the webinar that, you know, most people kind of go, oh, my God, I didn't know this existed. And uh, this facility, it's really, really powerful facility. Yeah, I'd look at the cost like six cents a year a month is nothing if you're making an, um, uh, multiples of that in sales in return. Oh, yeah. Well, LinkedIn is it's predominantly a B2B platform. And obviously, if you're, you know, if you're you know, selling professional services, you know, at a decent value, you know, spending 60 euros or 70 euros a month for a sales navigator account, I think is money well spent now of course you have to use it and use it properly yeah but it certainly is money well spent yeah i mean it's no point in buying something if you can't use it like if you're buying a new tool and say you're working as a carpenter and you buy a new tool if you can't use a tool why buy it so if you learn more about how it works and with you giving them advice to be able to use it pretty easily well that's it well i think for a lot of people it's the kind of mind shift that needs to happen is that when they go in the morning you know using you know using social media social media and linkedin is you know it's social media for business yeah you know a lot of people see that as an add-on something extra to do now so when they kind of come along and they talk to somebody like me and they decide okay we're going to start implementing this strategy they kind of see it as an extra it's something extra they have to do and you know and when they're time poor sometimes it's the first thing that gets knocked in the head so really for me i try to drive home this isn't an extra this needs to become part of you know it's core of what you do because yeah. this is what's going to generate leads for you in the long run yeah this is what's going to get your business so i'm once so once people make that transition in their head you know to understand that this is not an optional extra then you know log on every morning because when you talk about you know it could be half it if you're structured about it yeah you know, you're talking about your first half hour half hour of your day onto linkedin you know, doing some sharing, some posts, checking what's come in, responding to things that might have come in. You know, it's only a half an hour, 40 minutes of your day. You know, just get it done, get it in there. And all my clients have benefited from it. You know what I mean? You, it, it, It's a winning strategy um, if you apply it. And you're, it's like everything else. You need to be at it consistent. There's no point in going into LinkedIn and being really, really active for two or three months and then dropping off and doing nothing for months and then coming back in. It's like yeah. every other channel. You know, every, any other, you know, you want to be consistent. And if people are consistent on LinkedIn, connecting with the right people and bringing value to the table, you know, it's a winning strategy. Yeah, because I look at it right now. To me, it reminds me of Facebook for business. Because when you go in the morning, yeah. everyone's going on Facebook and having a cup of coffee and they're 
chatting to friends. And the same thing, I look at LinkedIn, it's very similar. You go and chat with your friends, both their business friends rather than personal yeah. friends. And you can see now the way LinkedIn is changing, like some of the changes, like it's brought in, it's becoming very Facebook and Instagram-esque in the sense, like um, it's bringing in, I think, LinkedIn stories. It's just reintroduced polls. You know, yeah. now we used to be able to just like, share and comment. Now when you like, you know, you've got the different ways you can like, you know, you can have clap hands, you can have different emojis. So it's becoming... You know, and if you're on LinkedIn, you hear people talking about it. Like, you know, not everybody's fully supportive of it, but it's becoming very Facebook-esque uh, in in the, some of the, in some of the facilities that it's it, it's uh, bringing to its users. But again, that's just to increase engagement and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the stuff you've seen on LinkedIn now recently, you know, through the pandemic, has been people just showing support for other people and things like this here. So even though it's business to business, you know, it's said it's still ultimately at the end of the day, people talking to people and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, you know, yeah, so also I'm thinking oh, that yeah. because of of uh, you see Facebook and how it works, if you bring the elements into LinkedIn, people are more likely going to adopt it and use it because it's using yeah. what they already know. Oh yeah. Oh, well, well, LinkedIn. Like you, know, you can see that they do bring stuff in and out all the time, so they're constantly testing. So these people, when they bring in a new facility, like they have after it's been running for a while, they've all the data to know it, whether it's you know increasing engagement, and that's really I suppose what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, and, and so they keep it if it does. So I'm sure some of these things are going to stay in. You'll yeah. always get I says you like you know LinkedIn is like any platform. You get these purists that kind of object, saying that it's becoming too too like Facebook. But you know most people. I don't think are too engaged with that. I think really, you know, as long as they, if these things increase engagement with the with the audience that they're targeting, yeah. you know, they're happy enough with them. But it's you, a great platform. It really is. I think it's a platform whose time has come. Yeah, it's been happening. I think more, I was, more in the last year or two. About two years ago, when I was updating my my CV. I just got let go from uh, my from a job I was working in. First thing was when I updated my CV. I had a link on my CV to uh, LinkedIn because there's so much I could I couldn't say my CV. I could say LinkedIn. Keep it short. So yeah. I did that. And uh, people are going through, that's a great idea, having your LinkedIn. I said, yeah, because when you send somebody uh, your CV, it's now done via email. And uh, there's only so much I can say on the CV, whereas on LinkedIn, you can say a lot more and give you all about your skills oh, and yeah. traits, that, which is great. Well, that's it, yeah. And you can see all the recommendations you've got from other people and things like this here. And, you know, if you put up posts. And it can show a consistent body of work as well. You know, if you've been active on LinkedIn for a year or two, people can see that you've been there, you know, bringing value to the table. You're writing interesting posts, commenting on other people's posts. So people get a much stronger sense of you, a much more realistic sense. But as I said, you know, but it's something you need to manage. Like when I say to people, you know, it's very important when you when you when you're doing work on LinkedIn, like you're not writing your LinkedIn profile for yourself. You're not trying to sell to yourself. So it's very important when you yeah. put together your LinkedIn profile is to be very acutely aware, well, what's the purpose here? Yeah. And write it accordingly. So if, you know, so that's the key thing. So a lot of times when, you know, obviously if you're looking for a job, you know, then you, you can rewrite your profile to suit that. You know, but then if you're still trying to sell a product or service, like in your profile, you want to make sure that, you know, the, A, you bring the kind of people to your profile that are the kind of people that need your product or service. Yeah. But then your profile really needs to speak to them. It needs to show them that you understand their problems, that you can walk in their shoes, that yeah. you know their problems and you can solve their problems. So in a sense, your profile really is about them and not you. It's about what you can do for them and needs to demonstrate that. And yeah. that's... You know, and that's something that, as I said, a lot of people, when they create their LinkedIn profile, it's just like a CV. It's IIA, where really, when your profile's properly written, it's really written about 
what you can do for other people. So it's really focused on your customer yeah. and the people you're trying to target and, and, and the you know the objective of what you're trying to achieve at the time. And then really that's so just updating people's profiles and things like this here can make a massive difference. And we do a lot of work like that for people. And also and it, you know it's great when it does make a difference. Yeah and also when they're looking at your profile if they see who you're connected with it gives you an easier because they oh you're connected with him I know him I know him I know him it, it works great right. that way. Oh, it does surely. Oh, absolutely. We like we are still like uh, we're, like, we're all social animals. Yeah. Um, you know, like technology hasn't changed any of that there, and we still do operate. Um, the like, relationships are still critical in business. Like you know, like the summit that's coming up is called the Social Selling Summit, and you do hear a lot of discussion about what is social selling, and you know, people will come up with different definitions. Um, but for me, it's like you know, and and some people would still even question whether social selling is actually a thing. But for me, it's very straightforward in the sense, you, you know, you'll hear a lot of new techniques and new strategies come along around sales and the internet obviously is a very dynamic space. But I think, you know, if you'd never forget or never lose sight of the fact that ultimately it's people selling to people. Yeah. You know, and people are still social animals. Like, you know, we haven't evolved, you know, changed that much in the last 20, 30 years. Like, you know, the technology has changed completely. But the people, you know, at either end of the transaction, it's people and they haven't changed. And we're fundamentally social animals. And I think if you if you could, don't forget that, and you bring that principle to bear in all that you do, you know, you'll be successful. Yeah. Um. And so that's really you know so that's where LinkedIn and the people that do well on LinkedIn, but it's true of Facebook, Instagram, and all the other channels. The people who who kind of remember that don't get too caught up sometimes in the channel, but yeah. remember you know that it's it's not about Facebook. It's not about it's a you know it's not about LinkedIn. It's about the person you're talking to. Yeah. You know these are just channels to connect you, and you know. Once you've won, the people who, who kind of don't forget that, hold on to that principle, and then you know they're the ones that succeed the best. Yeah. So tell me, you mentioned uh, the selling summit. Tell me a bit more how they came about and what it does. Right. And um, well, I suppose it's an idea I've been thinking about for a while. And as you can think, it fits in. Is the kind of work I do for people on LinkedIn and even on Facebook is you know trying to position them as you know uh, as kind of market leaders trying to position them with you know with high credibility with their target audience so a lot of times that's the work i'm trying to do so in a sense if you think if you run a, a summit it, it offers from a business like if you think of a b2b business it offers several opportunities the first thing it does it gives you a reason to reach out to your uh, target audience so let's say you so you're you sell services you know you want to reach out to your clients all the time and engage or engage with potential clients and you know who, who these people are. And a lot of times when you're reaching out, it's trying to sell them stuff. And, you know, if, you, if all you're going to try to do to people is try to sell them stuff all the time, they stop listening to you. But if you're in a position to reach out to people and say, listen, I've got this summit going, it's on this topic, you know, it's maybe free to register. Would you like to register? And, you know, who's running the summit? Well, we are. You know, it kind of positions you. It's like, you know, are you the author of a book? Like, um, you know, people now write books all the time on topics. And it's really a positioning play. You know, yeah. if I wrote the book on the topic, I must be an expert on the topic. And it kind of separates you from the herd, from everybody else that sells, you know, that, that is selling that service. You'll see a lot of that with LinkedIn. A kind of a, a kind of a cut down version of that strategy would be to run and manage LinkedIn groups on a certain topic. And again, it's, and then you invite people in and it's a positioning play. If I run the group on topic X, you know, the LinkedIn group, I must be an expert on it. Yeah. So now, well, you know, this is a kind of a play on that again. So if I'm running a summit on topic X, you know, I'm the one running and hosting the summit. I must be an expert on it. It kind of separates you again in a very big way from everybody else selling it, selling that service. It gives you a reason to reach out to all your potential customers and say, come to this summit. Um, it's free. I'm hosting it. And so, you know, you can imagine what that does 
you know, particularly if you're not known in the marketplace, if you're a new entrant, but even if you're well established, it's just a great way for you to, you know, to, to network with all your potential customers, but in a non-promotional way, in the sense you're not trying to sell them anything. So obviously that's a completely different conversation with them. You know, you're saying I've got this really good summer coming on, maybe you've got 10 or 20 really good speakers lined up to speak on it. You know what I mean? So you're really bringing a lot of value to the table to these people. You know, so a whole relationship's building up um, with these people who could potentially be your customers down the line, you know, and you've positioned yourself not just as another vendor of a service, but yeah. as, you know, that as well as that, but you're actually the one that run the summit. Plus you could increase, you know, because obviously then you bring in speakers, so you've got a massive opportunity to um, you know, increase your own network with the kind of influencers in your space because you've got to bring these speakers in. You know, you're doing something for them because you're getting them in front of hopefully hundreds or thousands of people. So you're doing them a big service. Um, and that's allowing you to kind of so you're increasing to your network at the two levels with the kind of movers and shakers in your space, you know, the people who would be speaking, but also all the potential customers. So you're massively expanding your network in, the, in these two places. And also... For, with social selling so much, which is a great thing, um, because people register with their email address. Yeah. So you're again, you're building your email address, your your email database. You're building the list, and you know, the, you know, your email list is critically important um, in your marketing because at the end of the day, if you get it run a summit and a thousand people you know register for it or ten thousand people, whatever it is, and you've done your targeting correctly, you've now got an email list that you can you know nurture. Yeah. Um, full of your potential clients and. You know, it's just, you know, email has been a critical part of marketing, you know, for forever. And it hasn't changed because ultimately what people, you know, what people need to remember, I think is critical um, is that, you know, you own your email list, you know, you know, GDPR rules and all that there, you still own it. And you, you, you know, nobody can take that away from you. If like, I'm a big fan of social, I use social a lot, but you don't own social. I don't unfortunately own Facebook. I don't own LinkedIn and they can change their rules in the morning yeah. and they'll do that even if it doesn't suit me, like a very good example of that would be um, LinkedIn groups. You know, LinkedIn groups used to be a great strategy for you to form a LinkedIn group on a topic, get people into it, invite people into it, and then you could nurture that, nurture that group. But also as an admin of a LinkedIn group, LinkedIn used to offer you the facility where you could send all the people in your group a message. And LinkedIn would also convert that so they would get a direct message into their LinkedIn inbox and they would also that message would be converted yeah. into an email so it would also be emailed to them. It was one of the privileges of being an admin. Now, like, and I know some coaches were telling me now, um, like they had people who literally would have groups. Some of these LinkedIn groups had hundreds of thousands of people in them. And the per the whole business model for the people who own and ran them was yeah. to look after the group, constantly be looking after the people in it, bringing good value and using the direct you know, by sending emails out to them or sending messages that could convert an email and that's how they sold. And then one day LinkedIn just woke up and decided, no, we're good taking that facility away and they did. So overnight, like that key thing was taken away from people and for some people that was absolutely central yeah. to their business model and it was just gone and there was absolutely nothing they could do about it. So you know, so you know what I mean, you don't own social. You don't, yeah. you know, LinkedIn, Facebook will act in their own interests. But if you owned, if these people, you know, if they had their um, their LinkedIn group with, let's say, 10,000 people in it, you know, if they had their 10,000 email addresses, you know what I mean, they would still would have been in a position to communicate with their members and keep their business going. So, you know, so the running a summit just to build your email list is, is a critical thing to do, you know, particularly if you're struggling, because it can take a long time to build an email list. So this is a way where you could possibly, you know, do it much faster. Yeah. And it's a fantastic asset to a business. You know, a well-looked-after email list, where you're, you know, that you do it properly, people are receptive and people are happy to open and read your emails. 
you know, as you know, I'm sure you know yourself, is a big business asset. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, that's why, um, you know, so that's why, why people will want to do summits. That's kind of the advantage of them. I was thinking of doing this summit, actually, as I said, before the whole COVID thing. Like, it was scheduled a couple of weeks before it because I just thought this was an idea. Like, I've been to offline summits and I've been to, you know, I do webinars myself. So I just saw this as the next step up. And but then, um, then COVID. After, but three weeks after, um, you know, I launched the site, uh, social selling uh, summit dot online. You know, but three weeks after that, the whole lockdown thing and all this kicked in, and obviously that's brought it into even sharper focus. But again, going back to the email, because mine is scheduled, it's going to happen on June the seventeenth and eighteenth, about thirty days from now. It's been up for about thirty days, forty days. But as soon as this COVID um, thing kicked in big time, and we had all the uh, lockdowns, like I said, when I launched my summit. There was no other summit scheduled. Yeah. Once the lockdown kicked in, people who already had big email lists, you know, as I said, there was none scheduled at all. And within fairly short order, I think there's been two online summits you know, in relation to some of the topics that I'm covered. And that was just people who had large email lists and were ready to roll quickly. And it just shows the advantage if you had, you know, if you're ready, you know, um, with things like an email list, you can take advantage of what things happen like this here. You know, but um, so there's been two that's happened immediately. Yeah. You know, literally a week or two after the whole um, lockdown started, because they had their email in the bags, they were ready to go, and they were able to get something this up and running really, really fast. Now I was, you know, mine's in June, which is I think is probably working out for me in the long run because, you know, a couple of the speakers on it are going to talk about kind of social media in a post-COVID world. So I think, you know, things are changing every day. So it'll be interesting to see what conclusions they come up to by the time we have the actual summit in June and kind of get the, their latest. You know feelings and how all this is going to work out because certainly COVID has changed. Yeah, you know well, social, you know, you know, to a good bit. Well, again, if you ran this in an uncovered as as a world, you wouldn't get as many people come to it because they're from all, all of the country or world. But now it's virtual, you'll get more going to it. And also, normally when you go to someone, you have maybe ten speakers on. It could be two on at the same time, or one's on, and the moment one finishes, another one starts, and walking to and from each each different stage area. It could be five ten minute walk, and you might have a scenario where you can't get in because it, because that area is now full of people. Won't let you in. But now with yours, it's virtual, it's online. So the moment someone else stops speaking, someone else jumps in, and you don't, you don't have to worry about queues. And also, the worst known thing is these seminars is when you get all these goodie bags, but useless tat. That's not there anymore, which is great. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Yeah. You're not wrong. But yes, the schedule is handy, and plus there's replays available. So it kind of works with people, you know what I mean? Like they can watch it on the phone, they watch it on the screen. But yeah, like, but it's funny, like, because um, originally I, I, I kind of planned this to be an Irish and a UK event, and that's where most of the registrations have come from. But, you know, because we use Twitter, like I'm using Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook to kind of drive registrations. Yeah. And I'm getting registrations from everywhere now at this stage Australia, the US. But it kind of reflects, um, you know, even the speaker lineup because, you know, once you kind of start, you know, because everything's connected. So you start looking for speakers and then, like, I've got speakers now from the UK, the US, Canada, Ireland, and even places like Belgium. So it's just, you know what I mean? You kind of set this thing out with one idea, you know, that will, an Irish and a UK thing. But it fairly quickly now um, has exploded into something much bigger, you know, with a much greater reach. But I suppose I shouldn't really be surprised by that, you know, the nature of the internet and what's and how it's going on. Particularly Twitter has brought in visitors yeah. from everywhere. And also, and they've been very good in that. Yeah, and also if you're trying to get a speaker now and they're, they're based in America, it's easy, easy for them to come on because they don't have to travel anywhere. They can stay where they are and still oh, do it from their, their own base, oh, which is great. 
Yeah, and plus as well, this this summit is going to be pre-recorded. So yeah. when you run a summit, you've got options. So you can have people speaking live, you can kind of hook Zoom up to it or other platforms, or you can do a pre-recorded. So this summit, mostly there's going to be, it's going to be a mix of pre-recorded and live, but mostly it's going to be pre-recorded. So from a speaker's point of view, like a lot of these speakers I was talking to weeks ago, I was able to say, you know, it's coming up, it's going to be pre-recorded. I need to, you do, I need you to create a video um, but and I need it by the first week in June. So like the summit's on about the 17th and 18th. So I'm kind of insistent that I have the videos for them. You know, at the latest a week in advance. But it's given them plenty of time. So they can they can um, you know gives them time to schedule to create the video and then send it to me. And they know it's going to go out okay. And for a lot of these people, you know, because of the time zones, some of them would be in the middle of the night. So you know, it kind of solves that problem for them as well. You know, so because it's pre-record, if I'm making any mistakes. They can actually go back and edit it down, whereas when you're live, you can't do yeah. that. Well, that's it. But there will be, in the sense, I was a bit concerned about that because I wanted, you know, we get the one thing certainly when you go to a live summit and you get a video of you, you know what I mean, when, when it's offline, you know, you do get to meet other people and there is that kind of networking event, which, yeah. which an offline summit, you know, doesn't, you know, it doesn't take every box, let's be honest about that. But what I will have is have the speakers, you know, because they're, you know, for most of them it will be pre-recorded, so that will be going away, that will be playing away. But they can, the speakers will be online as well in the chat box, so if people have questions, the speakers will be there able to answer them. So, you know, it will get some, you know, it, there will be a, a, a network element to it, but it's not perfect in the sense that, you know, it doesn't take every box of an offline summit, but it takes most of them. Now, I will do a few live ones. I'll actually do my own live. I'll be talking on one or two topics, and I'll do them live, mostly because I, cause I want to try it, and... Obviously, I, I can, you know, I know my own broadband's going to work and all that kind of stuff. If you're relying on people in different parts of the world, just from a technical point of view, you just you want to make sure it works. So yeah. that's why pre-record as well. You know, you know, it's going to be in the can, scheduled to go. Um, but at least I know what my own broadband will work. So I'm going to make a few of them live, um, just to see how they go and see if there's a better buzz around that. So that when I'm doing it for other people, I can advise them. Yeah. You know, live or pre-record. What's the best? What's the best way to do it? So again, back. I'm guessing uh, COVID has changed the way you do business, especially the way you do now with these virtual summits and, and everything else. Well, certainly, I'm, I'm hoping. But I suppose for me, it's like I've been working from home. Like the nature of our business, like we have been working from home for ten years. So in that sense, I suppose COVID has made that much change for me. Like, yeah. and, and I guess it's the big thing we got was we got broadband properly installed in the house. Only on the first weekend of the lockdown, Imagine came along and installed 90, meg 90 megabyte broadband. So we yeah. went from a very slow three or four meg to 90 megabytes. So that's made a huge difference. Um, but yeah, but I think COVID's going to make, you know, for other people, I think um, it's going to make a huge difference. And I think, you know, this idea of virtual summits, I think, will fit into that. Um, you know, I said we're still in the middle of the whole COVID thing. It'll be interesting to see how it all works out in the wash. But certainly from the people I've been talking to, like one of the people that's going to talk at this summit, he's a guy called Mike Turner. He runs a, a kind of business networking groups in the UK and he's a business coach. He's been doing that for quite some time. And like he's been telling me now, like in the sense of advising businesses, you know, like he, like he was talking about one business over 12 people. And I think he said, because they're all now in lockdown and not work, and they're all working from home, they kind of worked out, the, the employees, that they've saved about 260 hours travel time. Yeah in whatever the previous couple of weeks you know what i mean collectively and you know because this thing has gone on for long enough like you know they've got used to working from home these people have no interest in yeah. going back to work you know in the nine to five into the office and he says that he said he could quote me four or five examples of that and where the people that own the business really now are thinking how do we adapt this new reality like they're looking at their leases you <laughs> know next time this lease is up you know things are going to change so you know we really do hope um 
you know, there's a lot of positive changes come from this COVID. You know what I mean? Because I must admit, I work from home. I don't know. I, I could never. Um, I couldn't. Couldn't imagine now having to go in nine to five and drive to work every day and things like this. You know, I just, it's just, just, there's no way I'd be able to adapt to that now. So, you know, hopefully, <clears throat> I think for a lot of people it won't be possible. For those that can, you know, I think it'll be a great change in their life. Because it's certainly, you know, from family perspective, I've got three kids. From all of that, you know, all that kind of, um, you know, work-life balance, working from home ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. So I guess with virtual summits, uh, it's made it now more commonplace and you're going to see a lot more that's happening over the, over the next few months and years. Oh, I certainly hope so, you know, because we're going to launch a new business because, like, um, you know, part of what we do is, is going to be um, about launching, you know, one of the big services we're going to bring is, is launching virtual summits. So we're going to be launching a new website through this, the Business Summit Academy, and, um, you know, offering the service to people where we can either, A, run a, run a summit on your behalf or else train you how to run one. But I think you're going to see an awful lot of this um, because it's just great, you know, because it's just something that you will deliver value um, you know, it'll be such an asset to a company because even one of the things, you know, a lot of times in, you know, in the whole social world and, and you know, on LinkedIn, but the same with Facebook and other, it's all about content creation. People are looking for content all the time, you know, to put out there. Yeah. And you know, of course, if you create a summit with 20 speakers or 30 speakers, that's an awful lot of content that you're creating that you can then, you know, release on your blogs or whatever. So I, I see them as an idea now that's really going to um, expand. It'll be interesting to see, because like anything, you know, the version of summits that we have now are, you know, you know what we have is pretty straightforward. This is it probably lacks a little bit in the networking, but I'm sure that there'll be software solutions that will come out fairly soon that will, um, you know, that will, that will solve the problems so that you just don't have, you know, people come along and listen to the speaker, but allow for that kind of cross chat between the various people who are attending the summit. And because a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of power in that. Certainly, I know when... Um, like I went to the social the, the social media summit in Croke Park there a yeah. couple of years ago, and like I made connections then that um, you know I'm still using like um, the tweeting goddess here. Um, she's uh, helped me to Samantha Kelly. I think yeah. you know Samantha. Like she's helped me with this, and she's doing great work on Twitter. Like I met Samantha. I knew nothing about Twitter until I went to the social media summit, and I met Samantha there. You know, and she gave a presentation, and you just got chatting to her personally. You know, and you kind of get that relationship going. You know, so again, I met good few people back then that I still use. So you know, there's no denying. You know, when you go to these places, you make connections that can be useful to you. You know, to both of you. And sometimes with the current format of, of of summits, that's a bit more difficult to do. But I'm sure that's a problem that will be solved quickly. You remind me of 20 years ago when you wanted to have a website for your business. You have just a quick one page because you didn't know how to do websites, and it wasn't cheap. Now everyone's got it so easy to do, and the same with these summits. When technology is cheaper and, and can be used a lot more, it'll be cheaper to do this than actually running proper summit itself. Oh, oh massively, oh, of course, but cheaper from you know everybody. Like you know, to hire you know, it says you know, to hire Croke Park or the Aviva, you know, or you know, and all that that goes with the marketing. No, much cheaper, but even for like, I'm not, and in a post-COVID environment, like you know, who's interested now in heading up to Dublin? You know, sitting in a room full of hundreds of thousands of people. You know, incurring the costs of spending a night or two there, you know, you're away from your work and your family, and then just the worry now, you know, for the next year or two until, 
you know, whatever we get a vaccine or whatever it is, yeah. who really wants to sit in a room full of hundreds of other people? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's really going to happen. So yeah, so it's certainly something that is time has come. Or you can see it like the shift to online because I said like we also design websites. You know, we do that, and yeah. I would and we do marketing for people like e-commerce sites and all that there. And it's been interesting because I would you know run analytics on a lot of these things on the sites. You know, to check performance and you know the the, the shift like the massive surge in people searching online over the last month or two has just been amazing. Like, considering it's been going that direction anyway. Yeah. But, you know, the stats that I've been reading, like for some sites, you know, that we that we look after and manage, like this has been a massive win for them, you know, where, where they were already ranking well for search engine optimization, so they were there to be found. So when people then just went online, like I've seen some businesses and their business has gone up two, three times. You know what I mean? So that whole move online now, I think is just... You know, it's just got a massive push. It's got a massive shunt. Um, and, you know, there's no going back. You know, yeah. well, it'll be interesting to see what settles down. But, you know, it'll be just, as I said, there's been a massive change. You know, yeah. people in the last two or three months have started looking online. So you really need to have your online game. You know, it has to be your A game. I think a lot of people, you know, it wasn't their, it wasn't their core of their focus up to this. Yeah. And, you know, their online presence, you know, was would have been okay, but maybe just okay. But it was enough to get by. That would not be good enough. You know, you really want to bring your A-game to the online world now. Like, if your business, be it B2B or B2C, you know what I mean, if it's been changed, you know, by this, by what's happened, and if it can move online, you know, you have to do this right now. You have to bring your A-game. Yeah, and... There's, like, nothing. I don't think the yeah, competition and, will be fierce. Yeah, and earlier you were talking about summits versus summits. Because uh, you, nobody is going to be there in person, are speakers... You're spending less money on bringing them over because the cost will come down, so they won't charge you as much. And it means you can have four or five top class speakers speaking at an event, whereas before you couldn't afford that. That's absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, but the car, yes, from a car. But a lot of speakers, in fairness, them wouldn't charge you if you can show speakers that you're bringing. Because um, a lot of times they're looking for a new audience too, and if you yeah. can show them that you're going to bring the right audience in enough in enough numbers, um, you know, that for a lot of them that's enough. Like a lot of these people too, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they believe in what they do and they want to spread the message. So, you know, as I said, if you're running your summit properly, if you're showing them that you're bringing the right people to it um, and, you know, and, and you're bringing quality speakers, like, yeah. you know, people like that association. So, you know, if you're asking somebody to appear at a summit, you know, they will look, well, who else is speaking? Yeah. And if you're bringing the right people to it, um, you, know, you know, that would make it much easier for them to say yes. But, like, you know, speakers certainly do have their own agenda, but... Really, you know, I I haven't paid for any of them. Um, you know, some of the very, you know, some of the top speakers might be worth paying for because they have their own audience. Yeah. Um, and if you bring in speakers that have a large following on Twitter or a large following on LinkedIn or Facebook, and they're going to advertise the summit to that, you know, you could argue that that's worth paying for. And that does that that does so, does sometimes happen. But no, the speakers that I have here at, at the social selling summit, like they're just delighted to be here. You know, they've got something to say. They, they believe. You know, certainly in this post-COVID world, that what they say is important. You know, that it's a message that people in business need to hear, and and they're, and they're keen to get that out. And they're also, keen to get that, that out yeah. And also, because it's virtually online, they don't have to worry about travelling to and from a venue, and uh, can oh, they fit it in in their day? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. And you know, what I mean, for, but that works for both the people attended and the public yeah. and the people given. Well, that's the whole. It's just convenience with a capital C you know but even as well if you miss the summit there's replays so if you miss a particular event that you were keen to do 
keen to see and you know for the bet you know and you just didn't make it for whatever reason you know what i mean you know the opportunity is lost there's always replays available so it's convenience with a capital c and you know that's what people are looking for because normally in the past you go to a real conference whatever or, or a summit and you only see that the top speakers get their get replays on on the website of their of their talks whereas you want the talks that you missed the smaller ones don't get replayed with yours they all do which is great Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, all that you know, like you have to, you know, you have to give people what they want. You know, like I know when I when you go to an offline summit, sometimes too, you just get the situation where there's two summits, there's two talks scheduled at the same time, and you really want to see the two of them. You know, yeah. it just seems to work out that way. You know what I mean? And you kind of have to decide. Um, well, you know, obviously with a, with a with an online summit, that's not an issue. Like you will get access to the replay. Like the way this this the, the uh, social selling summit that we have, it's free for people to attend live, and it will remain free for um, two or three days after the event. And then after that, there there'll be a small fee if you want to have the recordings forever. Yeah. So it's free up to for the event. It's on the seventeenth and eighteenth, and then it's free for a couple of days after that. So people will have plenty of time to view it. And then after that, um, it'll you can buy what they call an all access pass, and that will give you kind of lifetime access yeah. to the, uh, the content of the summit. So really, it'll be you know it, you know it'll be a minimal fee, and there'll be you know twenty five top class um, you know speaking sessions there, you know with really really good value in it. Yes. Yeah, so where can you go and find information about the summit? Where is it online? Well, if you go to well the, well, the site obviously www.socialsellingsummit.online. And there you'll be able to see, um, you'll be able to register, all you need is your email address, and you'll be able to see the schedule, you know, when people are talking and what they're talking about, you'll be able to see all the speakers, read their bios, read about what they're talking about, and you know, and, and as you go through it, what, uh, part of the registration process, you can kind of select different talks that you're interested in, and then once you do that, you know, you'll get email reminders about them when they're coming up, so that, you know, to make sure you don't miss it. But if somebody wants, is on there and wants to network with somebody else is, is attending, can that be done there as well? No, well, it says you can just be on there and they can really know, as I said, it, it probably lacks that. It'll be more of a, you know, you just be listening to the person that's talking. There's going to be a chat, there's a chat uh, box, a chat facility associated with each talk. So certainly there can be a bit of chat going on there. As I said, you know, you'll probably find that the talk, if, the, if, the, if the talk is pre-recorded, there's a very good chance that the speaker himself will, or herself will be in the chat box and fit to answer any questions that people have while they're listening to it. That's great. And before we go, is there anything else you want to add to the podcast or you think you've said enough? Well, well I think, well, like, I just would very much encourage people to come along and register. As I said, www.socialsellingsummit.online. It'd be great to have you there. Um, and also, um, I said, one, because we have people talking about various aspects. So all these people, you know, a lot of them are coaches. A lot of them are, um, you know, they're there and they help the business coaches. But we'll have a few people there that are, are normal business people. And really, because I'm going to have a section that is on just success stories. So if there's anybody out there who's listening, who has used social selling in some way and felt that it's been a real boom for their business, that, they, you know, they kind of, you know, went at this in a strategic way. They decided, you know, we need to use social media to, you know, to drive our business forward. We're going to be very strategic about it. We maybe went out and got some training or whatever, however they manage it. And if they feel of a story to tell that might encourage and inspire others, you know, I wouldn't mind hearing from them. They can contact me at uh, jmcgarry at webworks.ie. Um, and I'd love to hear about them if they come at me via yourself because, and if they're willing to share their story. Because I think a lot of time people 
look at this and they think, oh, that's great, but I don't have the resources or this is not for me. And there's nothing like real world examples, just other business people coming along and saying, this is how we did it. You know, these are the problems that we had and this is how social selling, you know, using social media to sell, this is how we solved that problem. And I think this will give people inspiration. So if anybody's listening to this, you know, if they want to come to me, if they've got a good story to tell, I'd be delighted to facilitate that online. Right. Thanks so much for that, John. Have a great day and uh, good luck with the with the uh, with the summit. And I hope it works out for you. Well, listen, and you too. You have a great day. Listen, thanks very much for interviewing me. Thanks very much. Thanks, Brennan. Best of luck. Cheers.